Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Spartan Combat. They're hosting two tournaments in June. If you're in New York, check out Brawl at the Falls going down Saturday, June 18th. And if you're in Alabama, check out Rocket City Rumble going down June 30th through July 2nd. Go to SpartanCombat.com to register. Now let's get to the episode. Yeah, you want to be be present in your moment. Be, a, be aware of what's going on. Take it in because, you know, this life isn't guaranteed. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's it's five percent of the ingredient it pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort it humbled me taught me humility nothing can hit humble you more than wrestling i think it's the learning to adapt right you learn you learn how to adapt you learn how to solve problems you know if i look back my time i spent wrestling if it gave me one thing more than anything else it's mental toughness Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast presented by Spartan Combat. Go to SpartanCombat.com to shop Kyle Dake merch. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is the great James Green, six-time world team member, two-time world medalist. James took a third in 2015 and a silver medal at the 2017 World Championships where Team USA won the world team title for the first time since 1995. And James has recently accepted a position at USA Wrestling to be the national developmental coach. Really enjoyed this conversation with James. He's one of the nicest, coolest guys you're going to meet in the wrestling world. I hope you enjoy it, folks. Fan of the week goes to our friend Alex Schiff, a channel account manager at Invicti. Hailing from Columbus, Ohio. Thank you so much for the support, Alex. We greatly appreciate it. And without further ado, let's give it up for the great James Green. James Green, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Always appreciate talking about wrestling, life, and yeah. obviously the, how wrestling got us here. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, it's like... You know, just looking at your career, just a staple in the at the 70 kg spot, four-time All-American. But most recently, you've gone into the coaching ranks, which is uh, it was took me by surprise because I watched you at the Rudis card. You beat Zane 4-0, you're looking great. And, and next thing I know, you're, you're the development coach. How did that all come about? Uh, man, just timing and coincidence, honestly, uh, you know, I, I want to try and be as open as possible about the whole situation. And honestly, it's, uh, again, like I can say, just timing and coincidence and freak kind of, I would say accident. I don't know, but, you know, for the past, since about 2017, uh, 
I've been dealing with uh, my right hip. I had surgery on it and um, I had two bone spurs. Um, got those things shaved down, but my hip was such in bad shape. You know, I tore my labrum, two bone spurs. And by the time I actually found out what was going on with my hip, um, I had no cartilage, which was pretty much a big thing. So I don't even know how long prior to that <laughs> I was wrestling like that. It was just always one of those, you know, mental toughness kind of things like, ah, something's going on. It bothers me. Let me get in a rehab. And there were good days, bad days, you know, things that come with the sport. But uh, yeah, I had surgery and up until COVID, things were looking good as far as I'd go in and get my checkup. And uh, what they did was give me two micro fractures to try and recreate that cartilage and things were looking pretty good as far as the cartilage started coming back and trying to, trying to take form again. And uh, yeah, anyway, we get, fast forward, we're to this rudest event. And um, throughout this whole time I, there, again, there's always the good days, the bad days. Um, but I'm literally warming up, getting ready to wrestle Zane. And um, in the back of the mats, I kind of slip or whatever, take a little misstep and I jammed up my right hip. And it kind of was one of those things like, ah, this is, this is, it feels a little worse than what I typically do. And I mean, honestly, you go back and look at the match and no, no disrespect. Zane's a good competitor, but I couldn't move like I wanted to. I was held the center of the mat, kind of just, you know, kept my eyes on him just because I couldn't really uh, move side to side. And it was just feeling a little weird. So anyway, I wrestled, get through the match and, um, I like, I got to get my hip checked out again. This is, I, I, every year I get my hip checked out. Um, and typically they tell me, Oh, it's looking good. You know, stick to your rehab. So, um, yeah, I went out to Vail where, where I got my surgery. I get my hip checked out and, um, yeah, unfortunately I was back to bone on bone. So it was just like, man, this, it, it hurts. And meanwhile, again, I, I skipped it, but you know, back in Thanksgiving, I kind of USA wrestling had mentioned, Hey, you know, we think you'd be great for this position. So that was always on the, on the table, but I obviously was like, I'm going to be competing. Was that an so, offer then? So you could have taken it then in the fall. Uh, it was just like on the table, like, think about it. So, and I, what, this is in the fall, obviously. So I get all the way to the rudest card, which is in what? March. March. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, content on being this competitor and I'm going to compete. Um, so that happens. And then I go out to Vail and they're like, uh, yeah, you're back to bone on bone. So I'm like, man, well, that sucks because <laughs> <laughs> I want to compete. And I've, you know, I've been obviously wrestling like this for a long time. I know how it feels. I know what it takes to, you know, get to that world championship level and, even wrestling Zane, you kind of think, you know, I could go to world team trials or I could go to world championship. I slipped like that. I, I can't just be wrestling. That was one match. I got to, you got to put the four, together four or five matches or a best two out of three. So it's not like, ah, my, I can't say I can't wrestle because of my hip. So I don't want to set myself up for anything like that. Um, so uh, it was again, great timing. And, you know, when, once I, realized that I was back to bone on bone I actually ended up getting my left hip checked out and that's kind of heading in that direction so it's like man you know you think about the quality of life and um, I want to be an active coach 
So um, all those things into considerations is like a great time. You know, I didn't go to trials and I didn't get beat. No one beat me for the spot. No one, you know, I can go out on my own accord. And um, as a competitor, bad leg or not, I'm always going to think that I could, you know, wrestle and be that mm-hmm. guy. So, um, yeah, it was just a great opportunity, great timing, um, you know, the opening of the position. And, uh, yeah, I, I went ahead and talked to the missus and talked to people around me. And, yeah, we just figured this was definitely one of the better options for myself. And, um, yeah, I could try and, you know, take care of my body and see what kind of routes open up. And who knows what happens in a couple of years. Maybe they figure something out where – you know, I'm only 29. I'm not really trying to get a whole hip replacement yet. So, yeah. yeah. So were you good until that little misstep at the Rudis card? And that caused Yes, you? I was. I was on. It, it was actually, you know, you could say a blessing because, again, I was wrestling like that unknowingly. So it's not like I just slipped and, oh, I'm bone on bone. Like I was actually bone on bone for a while. Got again, it. I'm just thinking that, oh, it's just this is just how it's going to feel. I'm going to be rehabbing and um obviously it's not (laughs) there's so I wrestled in Turkey you know you got your you have your weight cut your travel your uh the wrestling and with all that comes my problem as far as what what going on with my hip as far as the once that gets inflamed and then you know I'm always coming back and I got to be off the mat I'm like I can't I can't wrestle right now I can't this thing is bothering me so yeah um well, kudos I was for you good, for but not. I, wasn't good. I was gonna say kudos for you for not taking the job in the follow because like that job doesn't open up that often. Like there's maybe only right, been right, four or five right. guys who've done that job ever. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it was a lot of things, you know. We and you even just not that job, but you you see the transfer portal, but you don't see the coaching transfer portal, or <laughs> you know how many people are in and out, or it's things like this don't come along uh, very often. So again. It's, a great opportunity and you know um again like i said who knows whatever technology or whatever who knows if i feel good i'm you know it's never off the table but but this opportunity definitely presented itself and yeah i'm happy with with it happy with my career happy with the opportunity and i'm still involved with wrestling you know there's a lot more things to worry about in life and i just had to decide if i want to coach or if i want to wrestle so right (laughs) right it's it's no biggie well it's cool because that you know the other alternative would have been college coaching i'm guessing and i've heard you say you thought about that but and this job is like all you're doing is just coaching you don't have to worry about recruiting you don't have to worry about i don't know if you have to do any fundraising but like college coaching so much of that is outside the room you know yeah yeah um i mean you know we have the eap program here um but again, it's not the same kind of recruiting. A lot of the kids that want to be a part of it, they want to be here. So, you know, a lot of times they'll reach out to me or they'll reach out to USA Wrestling or they'll tell their coach, you know. So it's not like I'm competing against the schools, other schools. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's a different, definitely a different kind of role. Um, and I still get to be in the room, get to get the best, you know, kids that the country has to offer that want to take it to the next level and, uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Dude, it's so cool because think about just the sheer number of overseas trips you've taken as a member of Team USA. I mean, six oh, okay. world teams, but I mean, we're talking probably 30, 40 different trips over over your lifetime, would you say? Man, I have 
So I have, uh, I think I looked the other day and I have like over 300, 400,000 United miles. And that's just with United. There's some, you know, there's some, we take trips with Delta or some other airlines, but yeah, I've been overseas quite a lot. So, um, you know, I I can relate to these up and coming guys that want to take that journey and I could kind of lead them and guide them that way. And hopefully, you know, as they make these teams, these cadets, these junior teams, they stick around with wrestling and yeah, we'll be seeing them on the senior world teams soon. Man. And those young guys now are so good. It's like, man, it's unbelievable to watch some of these guys. It's like, uh, I have, uh, I have Angel Cejudo on the mind. He was just on this week and, you know, he coaches Eric Larkin's son, Kyler Larkin. And like that kid's so fun to watch. And then you got, the great Bo Bassett doesn't even make the team. That's how deep we are. It's like freaking right. crazy. And you get to work with these guys. So how does that work? Like, do they live there all summer? Or they come out two weeks before the world's like, what are the, what's the schedule for like that cadet team? So we actually have, um, you know, some of those guys had the option uh, once they made the team, if they want to go to Pan Am uh, championships um, or, you know, just come to camp. So we have two camps here. We actually have one coming up June 19th and 25th. Um, That's an optional one. And then obviously as we get closer to the world championships, we'd like to get those guys out here um, in July prior to taking off. So usually, you know, five, five days for each camp. Um, And that's just the team, you know, it's summer's busy, you know, flights are expensive. Uh, and you, we just want to give them the opportunity to get here and to, you know, see the training center, to see what it's like, to get that experience of um, how the seniors do it. You know, they get the training camp, they get to go home, kind of get ready to hit the road, go overseas, get a little acclimation camp in, and then, yeah, compete and bring back some medals. So, Man. yeah, we'll get those guys out here um, those, those two times. And, you know, some people, they can – they can, if they're in driving distance or if they have the time, you know, they can get in on some of, some of the other uh, camps when we have available spots. So, yeah, we just build those relationships and try and give them the most opportunities as possible. And are you doing the same thing for the the 17 and under team, the, the quote-unquote junior team? Yeah, yeah. So um, this first camp was, you know, primarily supposed to be for national team um, and then when those, you know, as we go through the numbers and the people that can make it, can't, uh, we have those open beds and we try and get out to those younger guys. So, uh, U 17, U 20 guys and, uh, invite them out if they can. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, same kind of scenario as far as the five, five days here, getting on campus, um, and getting to see what they're, you know, what they, what they're made of. That's awesome, man. Uh, for those kids, it must just be, crazy experience to come out there and roll around together. And like you said, I'm sure there's always some senior guys hanging out there and gotta be just an amazing experience. Talk to Man, us. It's like, go for I'm it. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. It's like you were saying, these kids, they're so young and so good at early age. I, my first time at the Olympic training center wasn't until I was in college. So, wow. um, you know, you got these guys, they're just freshmen in high school or in high school and they're getting to be, you know, rubbing shoulders with the best guys in the world, Olympic champions, world champions. So that's an amazing experience in itself. So, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's just so fun to watch these guys. And, and like, as a fan, you get the enjoyment out of watching high scores 
like that you do watching D1. They're that good. So it's so fun and just so promising because after 2024, I'm sure we're going to see a big changeover on Team USA, right? And so all yeah, these young guys right. are going to be next up. Yeah, it's uh, definitely, a, you know, we'll see a change of air and change of the guard. Um, you know, just myself, I've retired. So we're going obviously a new 70 kilo guys coming in. And then mm-hmm. uh, you got the, you know, we got the Yanni's of the world, Dayton's coming in. So it's, it's always a, it's a great time to be a part of USA wrestling because, you know, you look back to, you know, where we had our down year, years and um, to where we are now, you know, that we're in good hands. And you've been a part of the whole resurgence. You think about 2017, the team title, but I want to go back to 2015 world championships are in the U S of a Vegas and your bracket that year was ridiculous. Like you look at the names in that 2015 world championship bracket. It was Gazi Matamedov. I think uh, Yazdani was there, which crazy. He used to be that small. <laughs> crazy. Well, yeah. Tell me about your experience of the first world championships. Um, well, you know, just making a team, that's a story within itself. Um, who'd you have to beat to get on that year? I, well, I had to beat Marable, but I had to wrestle in Fargo with the whole fiasco and, um, going to, um, arbitration and whatnot, but. Oh, you did. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he didn't, uh, go to the trials or whatever. Um, cause he got hurt. Um, so, you know, that. I'm thinking I, I'm I'm on the team, but I'm not on the team. Family's thinking I'm on the team. Still had to make the team. Yeah, nerves are all over the place. But I was catching my stride just coming off the college career. I didn't get the national title like I want, but I was still hungry. So uh, to get on the team in 2015 and have the opportunity to wrestle in front of friends and family, you know, who don't get to get on the trips as much was, you know, it was like I got to get there. And then, like you are saying, you look at the bracket, you know, um, not then, but you had Gazi Magmedov. He was a, what, two-time world champ? I think so. Um, Yazdani, world Olympic champ. And then uh, who it was Gazi or that the way? He's a world champ now. So, you know, I, I there were some good guys in a bracket, and uh, I was just happy to be there. I'm like, man, I, if I'm in the bracket, I got a chance, you know, to get there. And I, I made it to the semis and wrestled with Yazdani. I lost. It was great. Uh, can't believe that he was that size. I, shoot. Uh, he made me better, honestly, because uh, since then I started to develop my underhook and wanted to get better in there. So, um, yeah, that was the beginning of the the run for myself. And, uh, yeah, I'll never forget it. I got a nice little picture up of me after I took my bronze, kind of walking in the tunnel. And then I had uh, the people that came to watch me wrestle there right in the frame got the j we had jg jg or jb jg shirts that year so you could see everybody it was it's a nice picture and that that'll always be you know have a place in my heart definitely now did yazdani have that same kind of pace back then that he does now yeah yeah he was still growing though so i don't i i don't think it was um as much as high as a pace as it was he was like it was still growing as he was growing his pace was growing <laughs> but uh yeah he was yeah he was really good he's really good yeah and then uh i mean just to just to have that in the front of the home crowd you got you know usa wrestling is on the come up i think jb won that year snyder won you you get a medal and then 2016 
that hurt a lot of fans, you know, watching JB and, you know, there was some highlights, but there was also a lot of heartache just, you know, with what went on in 2016 um, for a lot of people. But then 2017, you guys go to Paris and win the whole damn thing. I mean, when the energy in that arena for Snyder, Sajulayev, what was it like for you? Oh, man. Well, <laughs> I, unfortunately, I had lost, so I, I took second. But still, you're, you know, we're in the hunt. So you're, you're excited. This is coming down, you know, to the two, one of the two best wrestlers in the history of sports. So we're in the back. They got the, we can't be on the floor, but they got the TVs up. We're all watching the TV and it's coming down to that last couple of seconds and the TVs go out. So we ended up having to run all the way to the, the entrance of kind of the arena to watch those final seconds, which even made it more exciting. And as Snyder's winning, we're, you know, jumping up and down. We got it locked up. Um, he won. We won. USA's in a, the best place it's been in years. So it was amazing to be a part of. And, um, yeah, again, I, all those, my every six, I've been on six teams, but, I, you know, I've only medaled twice. But each World Championships, I'll, I'll always remember it, always have a spot in my heart. Um, from the wrestling, from the off-the-mat adventures and sightseeing and just the family and friends and obviously the connections I've made. I'm always going to remember those things. Now, when, when you're at something like that, I can only imagine how close everyone feels, you know, being together in the camp, traveling, it's like a family. So you guys, you know, your family, your brotherhood's watching this match. Is Team Russia right next to you watching their match or are they off doing their thing as this Snyder said you laugh match is happening? Well, they, I mean, a lot of those countries, you know, because we're over in those European countries, they travel well. So they had a great, you know, following in the stands. And um, obviously Iran is probably the one of the best well-traveled countries. Yeah. Um, so just that atmosphere alone, you know, a lot of the, the thing about, yes, we're cheering for USA versus Russia, but like Iran they and the Russian fans, they just want to see good wrestling. Right. So just across the board, I, I feel like everyone, the excitement in the building alone was, you know, it was through the roof. And uh, yeah, Russia was in the stands. They're going crazy. And but at the same time, they appreciate the good wrestling. So, <laughs> yeah. But like was the team Russia, like the Russian guys in the warm up area watching on the same TV that Team USA was? Like with uh, you guys? some of them were back there. Some of them were back there. But I, I think I definitely think we had the bigger group <laughs> back there watching so nice yeah. yeah that was uh that's one of those moments that you know you you, f- you remember where you were when right that one happened and it's just crazy and like you think about i feel like every summer when usa goes to the worlds whether it's the cadets the juniors or the seniors like day one day two like we're, we meddled every weight. And then somehow every time like mm. iran or freaking russia sneaks in there and wins it and, like i can't I'd like to know how many times we've gotten second at those events, but you just think how lucky we were to win that because we've had great teams since then and we still haven't gotten back on top. It's just yeah. like, what a special moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the NCAA tournament. You know? It's like something that backside of wrestling that you, not, you don't really kind of pay attention to, but you're like, dang, where are these points coming from? Right. And yeah, they find themselves, you know, back in the race, but uh, definitely we're, we're right there. And I, I think this year we, you know, returning seven medals and adding more depth to the uh, field. So uh, no we'll rush right I there mean, again. We should take this thing, right? I mean, 
Oh, yeah. I, I'd sure. like to do it with Russia there, but if they're not going to be there, so be it. You know, sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, right. So you talked a little bit about, you know, the, the tournaments held a special place in your heart, but also some of the travel. I was just looking at some of the countries you've been to. It's like, you're like a world traveler, man. I mean, I know yeah. you went to Russia once. Does any one trip stand out in terms of just like the total experience of like off the mat and on the mat for you, whether it was like Russia man, and Ukraine? Man, it's, uh, you know, I always, we always talk about this with the wrestling world because it's such a, a bigger sport and they have a bigger following kind of in those countries like Iran and Russia. So when we go over there, the, the reception and the hospitality that we receive is it's hard to give that back over here. Right. You know, obviously because <laughs> we're not the football players or the basketball players, so we can't lay out the red carpet, but we try our best, but I, between Russia and Iran and I, I've been to Iran uh, one time and for the world cup. And that was just amazing. Like the fans, uh, wow. the hospitality, the arena, you know, they have the, the best crowds and <laughs> not me, but just seeing how people, respect and admired jordan it's it's like wow that's real and i ran huh yeah it's it's you wouldn't you wouldn't think it would be like that but it's a it's amazing just to see that um and rightfully so so you know one of the best wrestlers in the world no question the history of the sport so um but that that world cup though that's when taylor pinyaz donnie right yeah yeah (laughs) oh my goodness yeah yeah so you know the that's when it kind of started the rivalry so you know iran's been looking to get that back for a long time but uh yeah man it's i and you know it's it's hard to pick like i said it i've gone to a lot of cap the alliance tournament where they again they host us they show us around the city um and even when the wrestling starts the the whole arena is packed from the beginning to the end of the tournament. So you got that. Then they're taking you out to dinner, giving you good meals. Um, it's hard to beat. It's hard to beat that experience. And, you know, you just wish you could bring some other non wrestling people just to see it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, Snyder, he did his little trip over there and I, they documented just how it is and those kind of things. Uh, yeah. Those are the experiences that make it worth it. So when you went to Iran, where are you guys staying at? Just like a traditional hotel? Or are you staying in like military barracks? So, yeah, which is crazy. We went during that whole kind of like Trump fiasco, the ban, and um, we got, it wasn't in Tehran, it was in Kermanshah. So we flew in the tournament or Tehran and we stayed, yeah, just in a hotel. Um, and then we, they, we took another flight to Kermanshah and it was a hotel, which we just stayed at, but. You know, I, as much as the news and everything, you know, goes on in the world, I, I never felt any kind of way. I felt like I was in good hands, like I was taken care of. So nothing to worry about there. And yeah, it was the people, they, they treated us very well. So I couldn't complain. And like you think about all the stuff that goes into getting ready for a tournament in your own country, you have to figure out food situation. You have to cut weight over there. Have you ever had any like really hairy weight cuts that came down to the wire with the, with the travel induced problems or you've been pretty good there? No, no. Yeah. Yeah. I've never missed weight, uh, <laughs> internationally or competing. So I'm always 
you know, I got to figure down as you grow, you get older, you, you talk to people and you get the help and the proper, you figure it out. So yeah, I've never had an issue there. You got to, you know, kind of, as far as cutting weight goes, you don't ever w- really want to go too far from what you're used to anyway, uh, you know, in your diet, just because you don't, you're in a new environment. They got different, they, the, the way they grow their food or whatever is different from what you're used to. So, um, you know, you be careful in that regards, but other than that, you bring your snacks. Some of the, uh, some guys are, you know, master packers. They bring all the fruits somehow they're, fruits, vegetables, all that, and they get what they need um, as far as getting ready for competition. Afterwards, it's a free-for-all. You're, you're not too worried about what you need, but, um, Yeah, I, I never had any issues on that part. And so, like, when you think about that, you know, your incredible career, six world teams has got to be up there with, with some of the most ever. But, you know, in my mind, I always, when I hear the name James Green, I think of the big – Nebraska single, the big uh, white and on the single, you know, and that's what I think about you as. And yeah, I know you were very close with, with Brian Snyder and obviously coach Manning. How did the Nebraska recruitment start? Um, so I back in New Jersey, I never really had a, um, you know, a club that I really called my home. I was just kind of going up and down the, the coast with, uh, good family friend bob Love that. by the way the film is awesome and that oh, guy yeah. seems like a legend that how, you carrying the chairs like that that's like uh, crazy <laughs> yeah he's a man uh yeah he's still he's still doing it too uh but yeah he you know he's always trying to find me just the rooms to get into i go to blair i go to south plainfield i go to Boundbrook, um and all over the uh, jersey and then just one day i ended up going to Easton and I think this was about my junior year so I went to Easton and um Snyder's dad he's that you know he's kind of was still helping out and he was in the room and um I forget who I wrestled I wrestled somebody there and you know it was it's practice so I in a practice was doing my thing and they're like hey we got this kid in here he's pretty good and I think they ended up reaching out to Bob and yeah Nebraska I I, at this point I really did not know anything about college wrestling I didn't you know my mom she's like oh where are you going to wrestle you are you going to go to school you going to wrestle I had no idea so Mm -hmm. I just knew that (laughs) I knew I didn't want to go to Rutgers and I just (laughs) knew I wanted to get out of New Jersey but uh um yeah they end up you know reaching out and saying that we we see what you got to uh you know you got a lot of talent we know you could be one of the guys. Uh, and I was like, I was already sold because at that point I wasn't really getting recruited. I didn't want to, I took second my junior year. I wasn't, you know, I didn't, I myself didn't think I was worthy to be this D1 athlete. You're looking at the history of sporting uh, of New Jersey wrestling, you know, you got two time, three times state champs. And I'm like, man, I can't even win one. So uh, for them to say that they believe that could be a national champion, all-American Big Ten champ. It was, uh, yeah, inspiring. So I hit the ground and finally got that state title, and I, I knew I was going to Nebraska. So so did you Did you fly out there, or they flew out to see you first? Um, they, so, again, Bob Bob was the guy. He coordinated a lot of, you know, my college visits and uh, meetings. So they ended up 
actually coming out and to Bob's house and we just had like Jersey pizza. Bob always, he's like, you, if you're coming to visit in Jersey, you got to get some pizza. So I had pizza, talk to Snyder, Manny. Um, and then I think Snyder did like a, a clinic or something at Easton one time I went there and uh, that was, that was kind of like the start of it. And um, I actually remember I went to super 32 and I had lost in the finals and Snyder was there and I'm like, damn, I ain't going to Nebraska no more. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know. I was real hard on myself about those kind of things. And uh, yeah, but you know, it was a great relationship that started and cultivated and Snyder's my guy, the old Eastern native. So what a, uh, what a cool story. And, you know, you think about just a one-time state champ, like that's anyone who's wrestled knows how hard it is to win state. But like you said, Man, these kids now they're winning like five, six, seven. <laughs> you yeah, know? It's crazy. crazy. So so you go out to Nebraska and what's the uh, what's the culture shock like for you, fall of your freshman year, and you see all those cornfields and like what was your well, what was that experience? You know, I I guess it, because the way I grew up and just how you were mentioning my story, I was I was never really home that much just because I know I, I had to get out. I had to be in the wrestling room or I had to be around people that would put me in where I wanted to be. So I was always kind of used to, you know, being away from home and my, I had tunnel vision. So I wasn't really worried about where I was at, where, <laughs> where Nebraska was at. And then when, just like you said, you say, Oh, you see the cornfields, but then you get to Lincoln, it's a little bit more built up. And then since I had got there in 2011, it's even built up more now. Um, and also my dad's side of the family, they're um, from Jamaica. So I spent, my grandparents, they have a farm. I spent summers down there. There was no, there's no shock of, you know, cornfields or any of that kind of stuff. So I was used to all that, um, but really had to get as far as socially, just kind of used to, I'm, honestly, people, they're, they're so nice. You're not used to, <laughs> used to that in, in Jersey, you know, everybody wanting to know how you are and where you, your, your background, your story, and, uh, yeah, spend time with you, I guess. But uh, that was just a little bit of the adjustment as far as culturally. And then in the wrestling room, it was, obvious, like anything, you're not in the high school room anymore. You got to adjust there, just this, the timing of wrestling, the different technique, and, approach to it it definitely took me a while because there was you know the summer bridge there you're you're out there taking summer class five weeks and I was just getting my ass kicked for five weeks and I again <laughs> thought, just thought that I made the wrong decision I don't know I'm like I don't know what these guys saw in me but this ain't it <laughs> man it's so, so funny how many guys have been on this show and say that they're like even like the great Pat Smith after his like first semester at Okie State, he called his dad and he's like, "We made a terrible mistake. Like, I'm not ready for this." And, like everyone thinks yeah. that at some, not everyone, but a yeah. lot of people think that. So yeah. when you're out there, so you you all American for the first time in 2012. Did you redshirt or no redshirt? No redshirt. And again, after that, after wow. that first five weeks, I'm thinking that I need to redshirt. Actually, that was because at first, and as a senior in high school, you know, I'm cocky. I'm Oh, I'm going to be the guy. I don't want to register. I don't need it. I'm going to be stepping in the lineup. Then I get out there. I'm like, all right, all right, hold on. Wait a minute now. Let's take a seat back. Let's take a step back. And uh, yeah, I'm going to need that register. 
I'm gonna need that red shirt. So, but uh, ended up we, the guy that was supposed to start, um, he ended up getting hurt. So it was like, dang, do we we got to pull? They they ended up not pulling my red shirt, but sitting down like, hey, you're you're gonna be the guy. And again, we're at this point where I'm the guy. Okay. And I lose like my first three matches. I'm like, God damn! <laughs> no, damn! They made a, the wrong choice again. I knew, I knew, you know, almost like that self doubt, and but you persevere. And it was like a weekend trip. I think we did a, a duel, and then we wrestled in the Hershey duels at the time. They uh, that might have been the last year for that, but I went out there. I lost the first three matches, and I ended up winning like the last one. And I'm like, all right, at least I got one. Um. And yeah, you know, you get back to the room, to the drawing board, stay at it and have your ups and downs. I ended up navigating my way to All-American somehow, but I was happy with it. So when did the internal dialogue change for you in terms of the self-doubt and and uh, that whole realm? Well, actually, it was so after the first five weeks um, of the summer bridge program there, I went home and I'm like still I had a talk with Brian Snyder and this is right before I went home. He's like, Hey man, when you're going to, you know, turn around and, you know, start picking it up a little bit or I guess competing as he would say. And I'm like, man, I'm trying, I'm trying my best to, you know, I feel like, you know, it's not clicking yet. And for some, some crazy, I don't know, maybe just the, I literally went home for like a week, a week and a half, maybe. And when I came back, things just changed. Like I was getting takedowns. I was scoring on people that I usually didn't score. I do not know how. It was just like maybe the the break, moment of clarity. And that's when it just kind of, I mean, I guess I had more confidence. Um, and then, you know, again, build up. I was building up. And then I had, I think we hit an open. I actually won this open. And I beat like a, a D2 national champ or something. But then when they pulled my actual red shirt and I wrestled in the duels, then I kind of had a little setback, like, dang, I was just when I thought I was on the right way. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, um, I think I went to Vegas. I took third at Vegas and Dake actually won my weight class. So I'm like, all right, I'm right there. I'm right there. I, I, you know, just keep plugging away. And I, yeah, confidence starts started slowly growing. And when you're there, you know, so 2011, 2012, JB's at the top of his game and he's just yeah. start, starting to come on. Are you working out with him quite a bit during this time or not yet? No, not not really. Um, I was just kind of watching uh, JB back then. You know, we're you're still at day before weigh-ins, so he's still a little bigger. And then I was at the time I was having to lift four times a week just to be 157. So I could have been. That my freshman year, I wrestled 157, then I ended up wrestling 66 kilos in the summer. So 145, like wow, holy shit. Yeah, so I was like small. I could have probably wrestled 49 and whatever. Um, but I wanted to, I didn't want to cut weight. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was I was just watching. We drill here and there, but not not nothing crazy. Um but yeah, he was the man. So and then he wins just, gold in 2012, and then you're right. and that's when you're kind of starting to come into your own. And so that had to be just a crazy amount of like press and momentum around the program at that time. Yeah. It was cool to be around, you know, he was not only building USA wrestling, but he was building up Nebraska wrestling. You know, this is a guy that 
we, just like we were talking about state titles, he won one state championship and, you know, he's only a three-time All-American. So you know, it's, he had his ups and downs and he navigated through all that and obviously into a world champ, Olympic champ, the buzz is going around the, Nebraska and it was, it was a great time to be a part of Nebraska wrestling. So yeah, it was a, a good couple of years there. I love the fact that, you know, Nebraska, their in-state wrestling is not the strongest. So they need to go out of state a lot, which is like the hardest thing to do. I mean, so they're consistently yeah. going out of state and Mark Manning's is picking up guys all over. I had the chance to interview Mark Manning for a documentary we just did on Tony Davis. And he was Tony Davis's coach at UNI. And so got to oh, know yeah. Mark, got to know Mark a little bit. And man, he's just, I love his personality. What kind of impact did he have on you since you know Snyder was probably your main guy, but did you work with Manning at all? Yeah, Manning, Manning just knew how to fire you up. You know, he's that's he's, it, man. He's the he's, motivator. Oh man, he, he goes hundred miles an hour. Um I don't know if I I mean I've seen him on some low energy, but it his low energy is ain't that low. <laughs> you still get fired up. So uh yeah, man, he just I don't know. He knows how to get the best out of a lot of guys, you know, even at those times where you might doubt yourself or not feeling at the best. And just for example, when I had, when I'm going through that whole Marable situation, you know, um, I thought I was on the world team and um, I think I, I just went to Spain. I won the Spanish grand, uh, Spanish grand prix, grand prix tournament in Spain. I came back. And I think at that time they, they were still deciding if I was going to wrestle. And it was like my first day back in the States, or it might've been my second day. I was literally, I was sleeping and Manning's like, Hey, he called me. He's like, Hey, where you at? And I'm like, I'm at home. I'm, I'm in bed. He's like, you got to get in a room. You're, you're not on a world team yet. And I'm just like, Manning, I, you know, there's this whole conversation, like 10, 15 minutes, literally on the phone. I'm in my bed. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know what you, what you're trying to get. You know, I, I feel like I feel like I just won this tournament. I'm in a good place. He's like, if you want to be on this world team, you're going to, you know, come in, we're going to get some work in and yeah, I'm, I'm in the room and right. Long story short, I'm, I'm on a world team and those kind of situations are where Manny does a very good job at, uh, you know, he, he gets you fired up. He gets you where you need to be. And, um, that he'll ride out for you. He'll go to the end of the world for you. So yeah. uh, Manning's a very good coach and great motivator. I love how he's not like a real loud motivator either. I, I think Tony Davis said something that sticks in my head. He's like, Manning would get behind you, rub your shoulders and kind of whisper. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that, yeah. that is what, that is his approach, isn't it? He's a, he's like, a, he's definitely gotta be, he's like in your, <laughs> he's a close stalker i'd say <laughs> but he'll get his point across so let's i gotta dive into this world team situation in 2015 because i did not know about this so you go to the whatever the process was then you win the world trials do you think you're on the team no questions asked at this point or you know there's going to be a wrestle off later in the summer so back back when it was going on i had no idea of the process so you know they're like um because Marable was, he won the open, so he was sitting out. And because of that, um, you know, there's the 
procedures in place to if he gets hurt or something happens, you know, as long as he has the doctor's notes, they can push the wrestle back, um, the wrestle off back. So I wrestled through the trials and me and Slater in the finals, I beat Slater. He was hurt. So at that time, there was a, actually he wasn't hurt, my bad. He wasn't hurt because he was supposed to weigh in for the tournament. And if he would have weighed in, he would have been sitting in the best two out of three. I would have wrestled him there in the best two out of three. So because of that, you know, he gets hurt. And the procedure is you're supposed to turn in that, you know, you're supposed to have that doctor work in before that, because then I would know, you know, I wrestled through the tournament. Okay, I'm not going to wrestle him. I'll wrestle him at a later date. So that was the whole process. Like, okay, when are we going to wrestle? Um, if is this in the right timeline to you know even happen? Was he in the right? Who's in the wrong? Blah blah blah. Right. But yeah, so you know, I I wrestled Slater because I had to wrestle Slater two out of three. So that was the you know the process. Boom, I wrestled him. I'm on the world team? Question mark. <laughs> you know, because he still has to go through this whole arbitration where you get to the lawyers and they go to trial, they look at all the you know, materials and I'm so the wrestle still off wasn't adding... guaranteed then. Like he, there may have yeah, been a wrestle off, guaranteed. he may not. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Right. It wasn't guaranteed because I, I, at that point I was still, I was, I was operating or moving as a, the nat, I was moving as a guy, you know, they took me to Spain and I was, uh, I wrestled there. I did a couple trips. Um, I was at the training camps. So, um, yeah, I just thought I was this guy. Shoot, my family thought I was on the team there. They booked their flights, their, the hotel for Vegas. They're going to Vegas. They got yeah, family functions planned. <laughs> right, right. Everything bought. And I was actually at the training camp here in Colorado Springs. And somebody came up to me and said, yep, you're going to be wrestling Maribel in Fargo. And I was like, and this is the middle of the practice. I was just like, okay, all right, I, I guess so. And even before that, when they said, you know, I was just like, whenever he's at that time, I was like, I didn't really care. I'm like, I want to prove to not only myself, but to everyone, like, okay, I, I'm rightfully supposed to be the guy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, man, how long is this going to be dragged out? Um, so, yeah, they finally made the decision that we'd wrestle best two out of three at Fargo before deciding who would be on the world team. And again, my mom, she already booked her tickets, her flights, and she's like, all right, now you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> How do you and not yeah. let uh, feelings of like resentment and anger bubble up at the, you know, at like the powers that be when something like that happens, because you're doing everything that's right. You're getting kind of pulled around, yanked around. And then like you get that news in practice. Are you just totally thrown off your game the rest of the day? Um, a little bit, but at the same time, I'm, I'm a competitor. Like I said before, I, I'm like, I, I never beat Maribel up until that point. He beat me 2014. He was a guy, he beat me two out of three. He beat me at us open. So I was already, he's already beat me three times I, to myself. Oh, so you I had never prove, beat him. Wow. So this yeah, wasn't a shoe in by any means. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like to myself, I got to beat this guy. I, and you know, since since 2015, I yeah, when I made the team, I never lost in the in the wrestle off. So, um, wow, yeah, 
I beat him twice. And then, yeah, bronze medal. That that's year. a wrap. That's that's the – and that's it for everybody else making the 70 kg weight class up until now. <laughs> so that's yeah. crazy. That's how it started. Wow. Um, yeah. Well, as we wind down, I have just a couple uh, more rapid-fire questions I want to get your get your thoughts on. Three questions and we'll wind down. First one is, I love your tweet. Returning, returning medalist sits, random draw for the rest. Tell me about that. Why do you, why do you like that approach for choosing uh, the senior team? Um, man, because it, just this past trials was crazy. It, it's crazy. So we're, we're seeing at this point that we have a lot of depth in the country. Seeds aren't holding up. And, at the, you know, they don't matter. The best guy is going to come through regardless who they got to wrestle. And I know you want to you want to sell the final X, you know, approach and have the quote unquote best matchup. But who can you know, as a competitor, I don't care who I wrestle. I'm going to get on this team. At least that's the thought. Right. Everyone thinking that they have a right to be on the team. So why not? Some some people are are good off the scale. Some people aren't. And um, yeah, I, I think also, too, when you look at the world. UWW or every other tournament that we go to, everything's random jar. So, so, so why not implement that into yeah. our procedures? Why not have random draw events? Why not another thing USA Wrestling does? Maybe I can, I don't know, put my input on it. But all of our, for some reason, our events are, you know, scratch weight. I don't know. But everything outside of a world championships, even the World Cup, we get a weight allowance. Everything besides uh, world championships, Olympic championships, you know, um, Pan Am Games is a plus two kilos. So I don't know things like that. Um, yeah, the seating with feel- that with that is tricky because like yeah, you got like a you got Jesse Mendez who's like I think he's like in high school. Then you're trying to seed Seth Gross. It's like how do you how do you seed that tournament? You know, and do you like how? The U.S. Open is broken out from the World Trials, which is broken out from Final X. My personal opinion is that there's one too many. Like, I think pull one out, combine Final X into one event. I don't know. Like, those are just some of my thoughts. Like, remove either the Trials or the U.S. Open and then cut down one of the Final Xs. What what do you think? Or do you like the two Final Xs? Yeah, you know, I kind of think back to... I, I like the approach of u.s open champ sits out then you have a trial so you know you use the you got the u.s open champ so then you take the top eight they go to trials whoever wins then you could do a best two out of three um and again to go back to my point you look at the rest of the world and i always think about this back to 2017 uh was it 2017 when I when I lost to Deacon at the Open, you look at a Russian Nationals. That's their trials. You go, you know. There's no there's no second chance after that. It's like you make the team. You win the if you you know if we're in Russia, you win the Open. You're on the team. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if we want to be, I don't know. You're just giving more opportunity. You're trying to get people seen. I guess I don't know. But I like the. I rather it be you know at the most two events, you got your open to figure out who sits out and then you have your trials, you wrestle through the trials and then you do your best two out of three that at that same event. I think what, what, what year was the last time we did that? 20, maybe it was Wisconsin. 
was it? Okay. Maybe that would have been the last year. Or no, Lincoln, they had a mini tournament and then the rest two out of three. Yeah. Do you Lincoln. like the world medalist getting a bite of the finals or would you remove that? Yeah. You like I, that? I like that. Yeah. Okay. What about world, world team member? Or do you have to be a medalist to get that bye? Yeah, just a, just a medalist. World team member, no. Got it. I like that. Yeah, because that's that's quite a distinction to be, you know, a medalist is is heads and obviously heads and tails, you know, harder than just making the team. Um, yeah, no, it, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I think you're hearing some rumblings about bad fan attendance. It's like, what do you expect, man? It's like it's summer's getting here. Mm-hmm. There's so many tournaments. It's hard to follow which one's which. I think we should just scrap the notion of it being a fan event and make it more like a like the UFC Apex Center, where it's like a made for TV event with limited limited seating. Mm. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, taking this job, that's kind of the things I, I get to learn about. And, you know, with with the USA hat off, I, if I'm looking on the outside in, we we just have to involve the, the kids, honestly, because that's where these parents are now. You know, there's a bunch of other events going on or that they have to get ready for or, or they have to save their money to get to an event. So, you know, why not put us on the same stage with, I, I wouldn't mind. You, these kids That'd are so excited cool. too. Like, yeah, it'd be it'd be fun for them. You know, you get just almost like a, a battle at the ball, uh, ballpark. You know, we had two mats there. You can have your U17, your U20s, whatever, on one mat, and then your seniors on the other or whatever. So, I don't know. I'm just spitballing, but no, I know it's... the parents would like that. The, the kids would like that. You know, they're tweeting their friends, hey, I'm wrestling at the trials next to Jordan Burroughs or David Taylor. So, it's cool. It would be cool to do that. Actually, it's like the world trials weekend on Friday. You got the, the cadets Saturday, you got the juniors and Sunday. It's the seniors. People would right. travel for that, you know, cause there's yeah. so much going on. Yeah, man. I like, I like, I like where we're headed here. All right. Two quick ones. And we'll let you go. I got to ask you about this, man, your burpee pyramid on the tire. That looks oh, sinister. How, how often are you doing that kind of stuff? That was my first time. Cody, <laughs> Cody Brewer with he... the bad hip. That's crazy. Oh. Right, right. <laughs> Cody Brewer, I, I don't know where he got it from, but he's the one that uh, implemented that into the room. And I, I, I always saw when I first got to Virginia Tech, some of those guys, they would do it after workouts. And again, just how you said my bad hip, I'm like, nah, I, I can't touch that. I got I to gotta, <laughs> gotta keep this thing uh, in good shape. So I don't know. It was just in the midst of, I think I, we were getting ready for something. It might've, I might have been actually getting ready for Turkey. So I'm in that mindset. And I'm like, I got to get the most out of all these workouts. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. So, yeah. Uh, and they typically don't do it off a tire. It's like a, a little smaller thing, but that thing's brutal. It's a great workout, though. Man, I was looking at you like the third like the third session of it, or the third round, like some of those jumps, I could see the pain in your face, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, dude. And then as, we're, as the interview's starting, you're telling me about the hip fracture. I'm like, he was doing that with the hip. That's a whole nother, yeah. uh, whole nother level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last question, man, then we'll let you go. I see this everywhere in your social media and even your clothes be here now. Just give us your thoughts on what that means to you. And we'll sign off. Um, man, I'm big on the uh, mindset aspect and, um, just being mindful of where you are being present. And I have, uh, I'm, I'm really big on that. Cause I, uh, you can see that. Yeah, present. present. I'm uh sometimes you you know 
throughout life or just throughout your day, you might find yourself wandering or in your in conversation or my, my wife always tells me like, Hey, are you listening? So it's like, <laughs> yeah, you want to be, be present in your moment, be, a, be aware of what's going on, take it in. Cause you know, this life isn't guaranteed. Um, nothing's guaranteed. So, you know, just be mindful, be in that moment, just kind of take that step back and wherever you are, you know, be present, you know, look around, kind of be grateful, you know, not, and that's with everything, you know, when it comes down to what you're hearing, what you're seeing, what you can remember, what, uh, what you're feeling in that moment. And yeah, just be here now. Enjoy it. Take it in. Well said, James Green. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Spartan Combat. They're hosting two tournaments in June. If you're in New York, check out Brawl at the Falls going down Saturday, June 18th. And if you're in Alabama, check out Rocket City Rumble on June 30th through July 2nd. Go to SpartanCombat.com to register.